The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today, Pastor John Hagee shares his shocking introduction into demonology. She reaches down and grabs her ankles and pumps her knees up in the air and her head is right down here and she looks me right in the face with a masculine voice and said, I hate you, John Hagee. I said, it generally takes a while. <laughs> so kind and gracious and we'd love for you to come to the tapings uh, of our program sometime. We tape normally on Tuesday evenings and we tape with several guests. I'm James Robinson. My wife Betty and I welcome you to life today. Dr. John Hagee is with us. He is a truly gifted communicator and preacher and a gifted writer. Uh, he is one of these men that can take uh, a very difficult truth and present it so well that a, that a child can get it and everyone sees the power of the Word of God as he shares it. And he's experienced some really supernatural things. He's written a book called The Three Heavens, and it talks about angels, demons, and what lies ahead. Would you welcome Dr. John Hagee to life today? Thank you, David. Glad to have you back, sir. All right, we touched on the three heavens yesterday. Just name again three heavens, just right quick, and then we want to touch on this one area that you really wanted us to elaborate on. There are three heavens as evidenced by St. Paul, saying that he was taken by the Spirit into the third heaven. So if there's a third heaven, there's a heavens one and two. The first heaven is the heavens you see with your natural eye. The second heaven is where Satan rules over the fallen angels and commands the demons who are on the face of the earth. The third heaven is where God the Father sits on his throne. Jesus stands by his side and is paradise. Jesus said to the thief on the cross, this day you will be with me in paradise. So paradise and the third heaven are one and the same. Heavens one, two, and three. All right, now you wanted to give because we talked yesterday about how we wanted to see people who claim to believe in Almighty God, who claim to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that He is the way to heaven, the way to the Father, who claim to believe that we have a reliable standard of truth. These people who claim all this seem to have lost any effect on life around us, on the culture, on others. It's as though they've made the mistake of hiding the light of God under some kind of religious covering or some kind of compromise or comfort, but they're not piercing the darkness. They're not making a difference today. And I don't believe you and I, either one, believe Jesus left us here to make no difference. If a difference has been made in us, then we impact the lives of others. So we wanted to see the church be what Jesus left us here to be, the body of Christ, to reveal him to a world in darkness. But demonic activity has so taken people away from truth that they don't know enough, it seems, to stand against the forces of darkness. And you wanted people to understand the imperative of doing that. So you wanted to touch on it as one of the aspects in the book, and I'd like you to do that. I think the statement of Bonhoeffer fits perfectly here. It was Bonhoeffer who said to see evil and not call it evil is evil. Powerful. Not to speak yes. is to speak. 
not to act is to act. Mm -hmm. God will not hold, hold us guiltless if we just stand by and do nothing. The church in America, in truth, has ceased to be salt and light. We have been pushed back by secular humanists and their progressive agenda that defies the deity of God, the secretity of the Word of God, and all that America was built upon. About the issue of demonology, I was raised in a denomination that did not believe they existed in America. When I went to seminary and we were studying this, I asked the professor, I said, do you believe that there are demons in Mexico? Because he said they're in foreign countries. Mexico's a foreign country. <laughs> oh, he said yes. Yeah, I yeah. said, well, what is it about the Rio Grande that keeps them out of Texas? <laughs> And he was, he was not happy. And so I, it, in uh, those very youthful years, I thought I would forever be an evangelist and never be a pastor. Little did I know. And so I'm uh, now pastoring my first church. I'm 26 years of age. I have three earned university degrees. I think I'm ready. I wasn't about ready. Uh, the phone rang on my desk on a Monday morning, and uh, I'll call the lady Miss Smith. Uh, she phones and says, is this Pastor Hagee? I said, yes, it is. She said, would you come and pray for me? I said, uh, why did you call me? She said, well, you have a sign out there in front of your church for prayer call, and I'm calling you. I said, okay. I said, um, why, why do you want me to pray for you? She said, I think I have a demon spirit. Now, I had never heard that over a phone. I'd never heard a teaching on it from my denomination. And I said, are you a member of my church? And she said, no. And I put my hand over the phone and said, thank God. You know, thank God. And so she said, but I still want you to come and pray for me. And I said, okay, I will. Where do you live? So I took her number, a dress down, and I drove over to her house. And it, it, was, a, it was a mansion. Um, she came to the door, immaculately dressed. She's a tall woman, dressed in solid white. I thought it was something strange that we wouldn't talk about the Prince of Darkness, and she's dressed... <laughs> totally white. We walk into her den that was a beautiful den. She sat down on a white leather couch and I said, tell me your story. She said, my husband is an executive. He's out of town five days a week and I have a lot of time on my hands and I've been playing tarot cards. And I said, mm, that's not good. Uh, I said, so tell me, why, why does that require prayer? And because I'm looking for a card out of there. <laughs> and um, uh, she was very intelligent. Yeah. And so she said, well, I was playing cards uh, two nights ago at that table. And as I'm playing cards, the front door of my house opened. And I heard something walk down the hall. And it entered me. Mm. And at that point in time, the hair on the back of my head starts to stand up just a little bit. I said, it did what? And she said, it entered me. 
I'm going through the Rolodex of my mind of my graduate school abnormal psychology. What category does she fit in? And <clears throat> she said, and it's there now. I said, why do you think it's there? She said, because from the time that that thing entered me, I have used the most vulgar language, thought the most hideous thoughts, vulgar thoughts. She said, I actually think I'm capable of murder without remorse. Mm. And I said, hmm, <laughs> she's got a problem. So I said, I'll tell you what, Miss Smith, I'm gonna read the story of the demoniac of Gadara to you, and let's just see what happens. And I open my Bible and start to read that story. As I read the story, about two minutes into that scripture reading, she begins to contort. She reaches down and grabs her ankles and pumps her knees up in the air, and her head is right down here, and she looks me right in the face with a masculine voice and said, I hate you, John Agee. I said, it generally takes a while. <laughs> I'd never seen anything like that in my life. I thought, where do you want that new five foot eight door in the side of your house? Because I'm getting ready to go right through that wall. And I <clears throat> kept reading the Bible. I didn't know what else to do. And I kept reading the Bible, hoping it would go away. And, um, Boy, you talk it, about getting an education. It didn't. <laughs> Whoa. So I closed the Bible, and she's still over there writhing. And I said, Lord Jesus Christ, I do not know what's wrong with this woman. I have a lot of education, but I don't have a theology to match what's happening to her. God bless you. And I said, in the authority of Jesus' name and by the shed blood of the cross, I take authority over what is in that woman. Mm -hmm. And I command whatever demon powers may be there to surrender and submit to the Lordship of the Son of God. And if I had shot her, she would not have fallen off the couch any quicker, just bang. Thank you, Jesus. And she laid there for about two minutes and looked up and said, what am I doing here? on the floor. I said, I, I believe you've been delivered from a demon spirit. And she got up and said, well, it's gone. It is gone. The next Sunday, she and her husband came to the church. They were both converted, stayed in the church for 10 years until they were transferred out. But that was my introduction to wow. demonology. Would you say, John, that you give biblically and then, of course, because you're able to tell stories that are real stories that illustrate the point that they're here in the book, which is the way Jesus taught. He, made, he taught profound truth that most scholars couldn't grasp and put it in the most simple forms and truth, sometimes in actual illustrations of what happened or illustrating things that do happen. But you've done that here. Do you feel yes. like people would get a grasp? They don't need to be afraid of demons. No. You were because you were ignorant of them. Absolutely. One of the reasons you've written the book, which is, you know, Betty and I have taught on freedom. Our whole ministry has tried to point people to the freedom that is available in Christ. And if people don't know, then it seems like they might have good reason to be frightened. But if they understand, 
they don't need to walk in fear. He has sent us in the midst of wolves, not to be devoured by the wolves, but in the watch care of the shepherd to be able to overcome everything the wolf might intend for us. Absolutely. He is our shelter. The Bible very clearly says that we, the believer, have so much power that at the very mention of the name of Jesus, demons tremble. Mm -hmm. When we recognize the power that we have, our position is to be absolutely fearless in the pursuit of righteousness for the house of God that these ungodly demonic spirits would not have a position. In the Bible, it's very clear that demons are real. Jesus had a ministry against them. He did not send anyone out to preach or teach without giving them power over demon spirits. The Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they will have power over demon spirits. God did not leave us here without power. The kingdom of God came with power. That's the New Testament writing. It is God's intention that the church in America come back to the supernatural power of God yes. to drive the devil out of your church, yeah. out of the community, and out of this country. Yeah. And that's where it starts, in the house of God. Are you ready to do it, church? Do you thank God for a pastor who out of his own lack of understanding gained understanding and he didn't run from the truth and he went to the word of God and he saw it demonstrated and continues to and you're sharing it. Now, we've got about four minutes left. I think our nation is in deep trouble. It is. But I think we can have a miraculous course correction. Jesus prayed over Jerusalem in the face of leveling desolation and still invited them to come like chicks to the wings of the hen in a wonderful invitation. I believe that invitation is extended to America today yes. and to the church to wake up. Do you believe, as your church has impacted San Antonio indescribably, miraculously, do you believe the church of the Lord Jesus right now, and as we face this time of choosing new leaders next year for this nation that could change everything, do you believe the church could rise up and correct this nation's course and Ab begin the healing process? Absolutely. The Bible says when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But the people, the people of God, have to stand up and speak up. We live in a country that gives us the constitutional right to go vote. Very few countries have that. And we, as, as salt and light, need to storm the voting booths and vote the Bible. Yeah. Don't send someone... <laughs> Don't send some political hack to Washington who will continue doing the same old things of pro-abortion, pro-homosexual marriage, all of the things that are dragging this country down. Send someone that has a godly conviction, not what the speech they're writing or giving, but by what their voting record says they are. And if they're not doing the righteous thing, send someone in their place to go, and if you can't Find that one. Run yourself. There's nothing wrong with you running. If the people who profess to know God and believe Jesus as Savior and Lord and believe we have a reliable biblical standard of basic morality and foundational principles, if those people 
who profess that yes. and so often seem to manifest it, if those who profess it would come together and vote the standard and vote the truth, we could see America experience a miraculous awakening and healing. Agreed? Absolutely. It happened in San Antonio. Do you thank God for the courage of this pastor? <laughs> Their church, Cornerstone, and many other churches, many of them minority churches, and led by black pastors and Hispanic pastors joined with you to literally see a miracle correction take place in your city. Absolutely. We need it nationally. I know the impact a pastor and other pastors can have. Let's pray that you realize that we've got candidates today who are saying the things people know are true and want to be said. They're sick of political correctness. They're sick of the waste of our money. They're sick of the promises and the policies that don't work, that are ineffective and unsustainable, and we're sick of it. But here's the deal. We've got some running who understand the principles that you build on that's a sound foundation and those principles, and they're all in line with biblical truth. That's true. 100%. And by the way, it'll mean we'll be loving Israel and we'll be loving the innocent and we'll be protecting the unborn and we'll protect marriage and the family and we'll protect freedom. It's for freedom that Christ made us free. So let's stand for freedom. You believe the church is going to stand up this year? I believe we're going to see it. And Dr. Hagee, I want to thank you. In the bookstores, you can get the book, and you can go online and get it. You may want to get a copy for free. You might want to get a copy for your pastor before some call, some calls that pastor says, would you come pray for me in my house? <laughs> That's right. Listen, let's get some help. Dr. Hagee, I know you've heard us talk about and you've watched what we do. So I want you to watch along with our viewers something that I think will move you. We have an opportunity to build a safe haven for precious children and girls that have been sold into sexual slavery, trafficked. And we can build a rescue center where we can actually get them out, not just get them before the predators get them, but get them out and take them to a safe haven. And we've got a miracle start, but you're the miracle finish. Now don't don't take your eyes or heart off what you're about to see and hear. And just know this, just a simple response from you to be a part of a great miracle that's already started will bring it to fruit and fulfillment. Watch very closely. This is Gori and Malanga and Sunai, and they're ages 13, 14, and four years old. They're at terrible danger and at risk of being trafficked and sold into sex slavery. If we don't help them, that will be their fate. The slums where we found these three sisters is where they call home. Today, their father is away at work. And while that seemed encouraging, their story took a turn when we learned his work is in the local brothels as a pimp. Their alcoholic mother seems indifferent to their plight. The grave reality for these sisters is a future that is deeply disturbing. Once they're sold as a sex slave, they'll go through a breaking in period to subdue their will to fight back. 
Their virginities will be taken through rape. And they'll be beaten until they willingly surrender to their fate as a sex worker. As seen in this hidden camera footage, the brothel doors have locks not on the inside to keep them safe, but on the outside to keep them captive. These children are so precious. It's incredible how vulnerable they are. We just want to protect them and let them be safe and go to school like all children should be able to, to enjoy their life. Betty, it's just, it's almost impossible to imagine that precious children are taken into situations like that, but it's reality. So when you watch it as a grandmother, a wonderful mother, and a caring person, what goes on in your heart? I, I can't even, there's no words to describe the terror and the fear these precious children, these little girls must live under day after day after day. And then when they're thrown into the action of the brothel and, and the, they feel like that's the rest of their life, what life they have, if they don't obey them, they will kill them. If they don't do exactly what they say, they beat them and they, they, they just destroy their lives. And I can't even, James, it's hard to even concentrate or think about what happens on a daily basis. I feel like they're saying, somebody care? And they're crying out in their little spirits, somebody notice? Mm -hmm. Please help me? Can you imagine being down in, in a well or something and hollering out, somebody help, help? I feel like that's what their hearts are crying out for. Well, and God hears that cry because Jesus left the throne of glory and came to us to rescue us from bondage and destruction. And then he's left us here as witnesses. Giselle, that you watch that girl, a model, a fashion model who had been trafficked earlier in her life. She basically left her career to go back and rescue in the very areas where she was hurt. And right now, we've got a miracle opportunity to build a rescue center, a safe haven, where we'll actually be able to get girls. We can't even tell you exactly where it's located. We cannot do that because we're going to take these children, actually we're going to get them out of the situation and take them where they'll be protected and safe. Now, the people that risk their lives to work there, think about that. Think of the miracle of the love of God in them. And we're going to build the most beautiful center. I'm telling you, it, it looks like some kind of a complex built here in the States. And it would cost many millions of dollars to build it. I mean, it's just beautiful. And in the actual cost there, and I'm telling you exactly what it is, it's $1.23 million, almost one and a quarter million. But here's the miracle. We're going to build that. When I say we, I'm talking about you, all of us together. Betty and I are going to do our part. But every one of you watching, I believe you're going to have a part. But here's the miracle. One family said, we so want to help. Our family is giving out of our family foundation $820,000 toward that amount. That means we need to raise, we right here together, you who are watching, we need to raise $410,000. Now, here, here's, here's the miracle. That means what you give will be multiplied in its effect three times. You give $1,200, it's a $3,600 impact. Uh, you give $40, and it's tripled to $120. You make the gift that God puts on your heart, it's multiplied. Father, I pray every person watching right now will go to lifetoday.org or go to the phone and make the best gift they can to set these precious children free. In Jesus' name, I believe you're going to do it. We have some gifts to send you.
Sarah Young's incredible devotion, the best of her devotions, incredibly illustrated. This is probably one of the most beautiful books that I have ever looked through. And what a gift Sarah Young is. Millions of books sold. This one is put together to be an inspiration in the beauty of God's creation and the power of his words. And then the Thomas Kincaid Forest Chapel painting already framed the canvas of it to you a gift for giving these precious ones an opportunity to be free because of the love you express. Will you go to lifetoday.org right now? Would you dial that number, take your bank card, use it like a check, and make the best gift you can? I believe you'll do it, and I want to say thank you. Please do it right now, and thank you for it. Innocent children created to be happy, loved, and cared for are being abducted and sold at the hands of violent predators, their spirit and bodies broken under horrific emotional and physical abuse. Our dream is to build a unique child rescue center in Southeast Asia, a safe haven 100% dedicated to rescuing young victims from the sex traders and helping them begin the recovery from the abuse they have suffered. This dream of a new rescue center can soon become a reality with your support, combined with a promised $820,000 matching gift. All we have to do is raise an additional $410,000 to begin construction. That means your gift today will be matched two to one, having a triple impact. Gifts of $20 will be tripled to 60, $40 will be tripled to 120, $80 will be tripled to 240, and generous gifts of $1,200 will be tripled to $3,600 to help us rescue children from sexual slavery. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you Sarah Young's newest book, Peace in His Presence, favorite quotations from Jesus Calling. Also, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help us build the Child Rescue Center, and you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. I don't even know if I have the ability to, as effective as I want to, express the gratitude and thanks to you for helping rescue these precious girls and these children. Thank you so much. And to the family that helped give us that start, that will triple whatever you do. God bless you. I'm glad God did bless you and you choose to bless others. We're going to send you Sarah Young's book, Peace in His Presence, the Thomas Kincaid if you want it. But I'd love to send you the book by a very courageous pastor leader, Shepherd, who really doesn't want the sheep to continue to go to the slaughter. He's caring about that sheep that's still out there. Not just the 99 he's got at Cornerstone. He wants every sheep to come. This pastor does because he's got the heart of a shepherd. If you'd like to have the book, The Three Heavens by Dr. John Hagee, we'll send it to you. Thank you for helping us rescue those precious children. And we'll be glad to send you the book if you want it. Would you join me and Betty saying thanks to John Hagee? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All of Cornerstone, thanks for sharing your pastor with America and the world. And God bless Israel. And may America continue to bless Israel. Amen. God bless Amen. America, and may America bless God. That's Amen. my prayer.
think you are not God's type. Tomorrow, Bible teacher and author Beth Moore describes the way God pursues you. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.